I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library, and today I have a great guest on because we're going to talk about the cannabis industry. There are a lot of people who are very interested in whether that's investing or either starting a business in the cannabis industry, and I may be a little bit biased, but my personal opinion is you need to understand the financial side of the opportunity before you jump into it. And I'm excited to have Naomi on because she is definitely making a lot of headway in really making sure that the finances of a cannabis business in the cannabis industry can be understandable because one of the things that you really benefit from having a good accountant is they help break it down and make it understandable. But as we know, the cannabis industry is newer. So there are some things that are catching people off guard or something people aren't aware of. So you want to talk to somebody who is good and who knows what they are talking about and know what they're looking at. So welcome to the show, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we jump into, you know, the details of your business and the things that you're currently up to, you know, what's your background and, and how did you even find yourself, you know, as a go-to voice in the cannabis industry? Yeah, I just stumbled upon it. Like I never planned this. <laughs> so when I started, <laughs> I started in accounting. Um, I'm a CPA. I worked in public accounting as well as corporate accounting for over 12 years. And then I got to a point where I was tired of being in an, a windowless office. I was tired of being in a cube and I was tired of feeling like I was reporting to jail every day, like from nine until I was stuck. Like I couldn't make any other decisions during those hours. I couldn't, you know, you know, want to go to a doctor's appointment. I couldn't want to um, work from a, a coffee shop. I had to be in this location from nine until they they let me go. Um, and so as I was um, doing that, I started learning. And one of the books that I read early on was The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss when it first came out. And I always had it in the back of my head that I need to figure out a way to work remotely. I need to figure out a way to convince my boss that I can work from home a couple of days a week. Um, and, and then um, as I started getting towards the end of my term in corporate accounting, I started reading more books and doing classes and learning how to start an online business, how to promote an online business, um, what types of businesses work well online. And I got to a point where I was going to leave accounting completely and learn an entirely new skill set because I knew I wanted a remote lifestyle. And I did not see that working in accounting because I was used to being in an office or a cubicle under a bunch of papers. And so I, I left corporate America and I was unemployed for two years trying to figure this out. So I started um, doing a lot of, of, of research. I started to take a lot of classes. I learned many different skill sets on how to build websites, how to build online courses, how to um, start an Instagram and grow an Instagram, start a YouTube, all these different things, social media marketing. I took every single class I could think of trying to figure out where, where I fit in. And then towards the end of that two years, um, I ran across an online training program that taught me how to, well, it, it claimed to teach you how to build a remote accounting firm. And then I was like, why didn't I think of that? Like I'm doing all this stuff and I just do accounting, but I had no concept or idea of how to market myself as an accountant, how to convince somebody, oh, I could do your books 
from, from home. I don't need to be there with you. And since I was from corporate America, I didn't really know how to do it from start to finish a small business, how to uh, make sure everything was in place and stuff. I just didn't, I, I understood accounting, but I didn't have any experience in just completely running a, a small business uh, accounting function. And so I took this program and it was one of the best investments that I made over the two years. Everything paid off, but this was the one that I finally started to see my return um, immediately. And so I took the program and one of the best things that it taught was marketing. And once you really learn how to market yourself, like the moment that you are able to communicate your value to somebody and they say um, yes and agree and pay you, it's almost like you've printed, you've learned how to print paper. Like I could tell you, I, I could do this and it costs this amount of money and you agree. It's almost like I've learned how to print paper. So they, they showed me how to do marketing and then they showed me how to just run a remote practice and what types of software I need in place and how to communicate and how to, you know, manage uh, project management and different things like that, that I needed in order to uh, build a remote accounting firm. And then another thing that I learned in this training program was that you have to pick one niche and and become an expert in that one niche in order to really grow your business and become, you know, a niche ex expert and um, get into the six and seven figures. And so um, for the first couple of months, I couldn't figure it out. I first I thought, oh, I'm going to work with uh, um, real estate brokers. And so I talked to a couple of brokers and asked them about, you know, what their pain points are when it comes to accounting. And a lot of that stuff, I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't want this to be the rest of my life. And so I reached out and then I thought about, let me, let me reach out to professional athletes. There was somebody else in the program that was doing really well working with professional athletes. So I started reaching out to a bunch of pro professional athletes and I thought, oh, maybe I can even find a husband <laughs> and a client. <laughs> and so, you know, I thought this is a win-win. Let me, and then I started talking to them and then it just turned out that it was more of, it was more of a crowded market. I mean, they're being bombarded with financial professionals. Everybody wants to work with them. And a lot of people that I got on the phone were either like on the bench or, um, you know, they just uh, didn't. Get, didn't get a big contract and they're not all making a lot of money. And so yeah. I realized that this wasn't um, a good uh, direction industry to go in either. And then I learned about the cannabis industry. And so when I learned about the cannabis industry, at first I just put it off. I was like, oh, well, if somebody else is telling me about this, then obviously I'm already too late. And so I just thought that I was too late to the market. There's already an army of people that are on it. Um, and then I started to look a little bit more into it. And as I learned more, I realized how underserved the cannabis industry was. I realized how much um, confusion there was in the market, how highly regulated they are, and how much um, knowledge is just not out there about the industry. And so I saw that there was just loads and loads of opportunity there. And I was absolutely not too late. And anybody listening to this is you're still not too late because it's still not even federally legal. Um, yeah. So there's only 33 legal states. So there's no way that you're, you're late. It's still, in, still in its infancy. There's no regulation in place as far as accounting um, and taxes concern. Um, so now is like a really good time to get into the cannabis industry. And so the moment I made the decision that I was going to do cannabis, my business completely took off. And for the last three years, that is where I have been. And um, that's, that's, is, I, I'm just so passionate now about this industry because I just see all the opportunities and even more to come. Um, it's just, there's not very many times or opportunities for us in our generation to be able to be in an industry, one of the biggest industries 
as it's starting. That's almost like, you know, being there during prohibition or being there when the first um, car was created and things like that, oil and gas, like being able to be at the birth of a, an, an enormous industry is, I'm just really happy to be able to, to, to be there and, and, and write history um, for the future. <laughs> wow, that is an amazing background. I mean, it, it, there, there's so much to unpack. So we're gonna go piece by piece. I mean, <laughs> you know, something that I think that you said that was, that was very interesting when you, you talked about going from, you know, working in the corporate space and the public accounting, because I run into this often where, you know, I, I talk to people who they worked in corporate accounting, they've done public accounting, and they believe that because they have that skill set, they're ready to just go launch their own firm. You know, mm. what was, what was, I mean, I know you talked about, you know, having to really do a lot of research, I guess, at the time when you left your corporate role, did you feel like you were ready or did you have, did you understand the reality that running a business is different? Yeah. So at the time that I left my uh, corporate position, I was not ready uh, as far as starting a business. I was ready financially. So I saved, saved, saved. Like I live well be below my means and I had enough money saved to live off of five years without having an income. And I knew that it was going to take time because there's more than just the skill set that you need in order to do it. There's a mindset shift that was bigger than I ever would have imagined. And so the mindset shift from an employee to an entrepreneur is huge. Um, money mindset shift was something that was also huge um, and things that I needed to work on. So during that two year period, I did courses as far as technical training, as well as mindset training and all the woo-woo things people are talking about and law of attraction and all that stuff comes together because there's, we're, I mean, we're completely brainwashed from the time we start school until we graduate college. We are, we are taught how to be perfect employee. You can't get things wrong. If you do it wrong, you get grades. If you, if you, you know, if you do it wrong, you either, if you get a, um, you either get an A or you fail. Um, there's no mistakes. And, but as an entrepreneur, there's the mistakes are what gets you to the end result. Like making mistakes is what helps you figure out what doesn't work. So you can figure out what does work. And if you think about um, things like the iPhone, we're on what 11, 12, 20. I think they skipped. <laughs> I know that I know Samsung <laughs> skipped from, from 12 to 20 somehow. Um, but you know, there's all these iterations. So who's to say that iPhone one was a failure just because they've had to redo it 11 times now. iPhone one was definitely not a failure and, and the two and the three and all of those were massive successes and they're just improving. And so that's what you have to do as an entrepreneur. You need to go out there and get that skill set. And you're, you're never ever, if you're waiting to, for it to be perfect and for you to have all of the answers, then it's never gonna happen. Because even after three years, I'm still figuring things out. I've, I've done very well and I've made a lot of money in the process and I am still figuring it out um, so that I can get better and better and better. And, and, and that's what entrepreneurship is. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's interesting because, you know, when I think about, you know, your typical, I guess, say, accountant or the mindset of a typical accountant, you know, mistakes and errors, even to the smallest amount, seem to just drive typical accountants crazy. Yes. So how did you kind of get to that point where you became okay that like, okay, as an entrepreneur, 
for? Like mistakes are progress, not a end of the road thing. Like what was, how did you really start to get over that hurdle? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until, um, you know, I've heard it, people say it many a times, like I've seen New York Times bestseller that have spelling errors in there <laughs> and, you know, seeing people with presentations like over and over, like I would, I would attend so many webinars when I was doing this training and you would see errors and misstatements and the person stutters or they talk too fast or it's just not done professionally in my opinion. And then at the end of the webinar, they have like a $2,000 product and they're welcoming 20 and 30 people into the program. I'm like, wait, how they just made a hundred thousand dollars and that thing was not so seeing and, and, you know, we always do that. We're like, I could do that better. I could do that better, but we're not doing it because we think that we need to be perfect in order to do it. And so then when, you know, I launched my business, I had presentations that had errors and spelling mistakes and I was presenting to accountants and I got feedback like, Hey, this doesn't look that professional and, you know, from accountants, but I, in, and I knew for them, like, okay, there, there are areas where there could be improvement, but that judgment is something that they need to work on personally in order to grow their business. So even though some of those presentations that I've personally put out had errors, I've still made millions of dollars for putting it out there. And not only have I made money from putting it out there, I've changed people's lives. Like I've given them information and, and things that they can implement into their lives, implement into their business. And I've gotten feedback that, that you know, their business has grown. I had a client who um, they started with us, they landed a cannabis firm because um, my program teaches you how to do the accounting, how to do your marketing and how to land a client. They landed a client um, just, you know, all, they, they had a, 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 they had a client or in, in position that they were already doing that was supporting them. And so they were kind of doing this on the side. They landed that client and then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, their existing client had to shut its doors, but their cannabis client got to keep their doors open because they were deemed essential. And so they said, with, if I had not done that, I, would, I, I don't know how I would have been able to feed my family because I lost my main source of income. But I had this other source that took over. And not only was I able to support my family, I have employees that help me with that client and they're able to uh, maintain their family. And so for me, putting out information that had errors in there completely changed that family's life as well as their employees' families' lives. And I've worked with over 700 accountants. And so it's not, it, it, you have to just think about the bigger picture and think about what your goals are and not worry if you're just worried about a spelling error or even a calculation error like you've got a calculation in your in your spreadsheet and it's a little off the person who's looking at that is not your client and they're not the person that's looking for your message the person who can see past that and understands how difficult it is to pull all this information together and present it and then you know as long as they can look past that and know exactly what you're where you're trying to get those are the people that, that your message should be for. And you don't, you don't need to worry about those other people who are just worried about a spelling error. You know, and I think that's a really good point because one of the things that you were talking that I thought about is even with, you know, in my own firm, as I'm working with different clients to where, you know, what they really need from me is help to navigate where they're going, not so much to get caught up in the details. And I often wonder, like for accountants that are trying to start their own firm, it's like if they get caught in the details, it's just like, will their client's perception of the value they deliver decrease? 
stories, the more they get caught in the details. Yeah, so it, I, I don't think so. Um, and when it depends on who, who your client is. So most of the time, these clients don't know the first thing about accounting. Like they, depending on what you're doing, like, especially me, I work in cannabis, like, you know, there's they're high, they're whatever they're doing. And they just want to make sure that they're in compliance. And so they're not going to know that I have an error. And I might, I'll, I'll probably catch the error when I'm presenting it to them. Like, oh, wait, that payroll number doesn't look right. I'll fix that. But they're not going to, they're not going to look at me and say, she can't even get the payroll number, right? They're going to, they're, they're going to look at me and, and they're going to say, unless, you know, I've presented it to them and I'm just like, you know, completely clueless and there's something that that they're concerned about and I, I'm not giving them the answer, that's one thing. But if it's if it's something where it's it could be an honest mistake or you might not have the proper support, you might not have the proper documentation and or you just might not be able to do the calculation or you might have a support staff where you're like, oh, wait, they didn't do this entry. I'll get back to you with that. That's fine. Like they completely understand that those types of things happen. And you have to also understand that these are business owners too. And they understand how, what it takes to, to run a business and that things aren't going to always be perfect, but it's in that um, imperfection is where you find the solutions. And, and I think, I feel like the cannabis industry is the most forgiving industry that I've ever been in. Uh, the people are just more laid back. They're, they're more understanding. People are more helpful. We're all trying to grow this industry together. Um, we're, we're, you know, everybody in this industry knows that it's not perfect yet. We don't even have banking. So it, you can't, you can't, you know, say that you've done something wrong when I'm like, I don't even know how much cash you got in there, in the vault. Give me your cash number. So there's like, you know, different things out there where they understand like, it's not perfect, but eventually we will get there. Um, so if you, if you're a type of person who's afraid that if you're doing something um, that doesn't look perfect, the cannabis industry is a good one to start in because you know, we're all learning this together. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, speaking of, like I said, learning in the cannabis industry, you mentioned about, you know, your program of, and how many CPAs or how many accountants you have helped. Can you tell us a little bit about your program? And um, so the audience can hear a little bit more about that in case they're interested in joining one of your programs. Yeah, absolutely. So my, uh, the name of my business is the National Association of Cannabis Accounting and and tax professionals, which is a long name. <laughs> we go by the acronym NACAT Pros. So the um, N-A-C-A-T pros.org is where you can find us. And this is the association and it's akin to like an AICPA or uh, another professional organization where we are the standard, we are creating the standard. There are no standards in this industry right now. If you go into oil and gas, you have standards and regulations and white papers and, and um, big four documents and different things that you can look to so that you can know how to recognize revenue and how to recognize your, your leases and things like that. But with cannabis, we don't have that yet. And we do have a, some IRS guidance for tax purposes, but that there's still some confusion there. And so right now we're in a, a space where we don't have those standards in place. So I've, my association has partnered with the IRS and the AICPA in order to bring that together. And we also teach accountants 
based on the guidance that we're establishing. And so we're having a presentation with the IRS, the small, the commissioner and the director of the Small Business and Self-Employment Department, which though they're, that's the department that's in charge of cannabis um, uh, 280E, which is one of the biggest uh, things um, when it comes to cannabis accounting in 471, which dictates what types of expenses cannabis companies can write off on their taxes. And so we're going to have an in-depth discussion with them later on um, this month. And it's, it's a two-way conversation. I've opened up a two-way conversation where my accountants can come together and say, hey, look, this isn't clear or this isn't working. And we can work with the um, director and, he, and the um, commissioner. And he says he really they really want to help with voluntary compliance. So that's one of their missions. It's not like they're out there and they're like, ah, we're going to trick you. We're going to get you. And you don't know this. Ha, 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 ha. It's more of a, no, they want to come together and we want, um, uh, we want, they want the companies to be compliant and, and doing things right. And they're not trying to be tricky or anything about it when it comes to cannabis. And so my organization kind of brings those conversations together. We work with insurance providers. We work with attorneys in the industry, bankers in the industry, because there isn't any federal banking, but there are some banks. And so we do have identified them. And we also do mindset coaching and um, marketing coaching and different things like that to help business owners as you're trying to grow your own accounting practice in the cannabis industry. Nice, nice. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, now, as you um, talked about, you know, finding your niche, I mean, because that one, it becomes a challenge, I think, for any business owner. So, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it has to do with, it's probably a more of an emotional process that people kind of go through is, if I focus yeah. on this thing, what does that mean <laughs> for everything else? So can you yeah. talk a little bit about kind of how you navigated that part of your journey? Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm multifaceted. Like I'm in a bunch of different things. I, I do fitness competitions. I like to, I do accounting and I want to start all these different businesses. So before I, I got into niche down into cannabis accounting, I was trying to, you know, do online programs for authors. And there's just all types of things that I was doing. Cause I was like, I can do this and that and that, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll make this money over here. And, you know, all these different buckets and multiple streams of income and things. But what I found was there's riches in the niches and there is truth to that statement. Um, and when you find a, a niche and become an expert in that niche, you know, you are not only, you're, you're also servicing your clients better because you're not having to refocus and, and bounce around to different um, and not only am I niched down to one industry which cannabis is huge because you have all these different verticals you have cultivation which is farm accounting you have the retail dispensaries which is retail accounting you have food manufacturers which is manufacturing accounting I mean there's just so much in just that one um, in that one niche or that one industry that you, you, you do, I don't feel like I'm pigeonholed into one thing. Um, and so not only have I niched down to one industry, but I've also niched down to one practice. So a lot of accountants come in and they're like, I'm just gonna you know, get all the clients and I'm gonna do their accounting, I'm gonna do their payroll, I'm gonna do their taxes, I'm gonna do everything under the sun for them. And it's hard to take off your accounting hat and then put on your tax hat and remember, 
What are the new regulations that are in place for the federal and for the state? And is this person in multiple states? And do I know both? Of, do I know all the state laws and all the new regulations that happened in all these states? And then, oh, let me make sure that the payroll is done properly and I filed all, filed all the payroll taxes and done all the workers' comp things. You know, trying to switch gears will just that will put you in a position where you are not at the, the best, the optimal service for your client because you're sitting here trying to figure things out. And you know it takes time once you take off the accounting hat to figure out, oh, wait, how do I log into the payroll system? And wait, which one of the different taxes? And as long if you have, I mean, unless you have like really solid procedures written out and in place that you just kind of follow, um, it's, it's just gonna cause you, you know, time. So you can always branch out after you've niched down and become an expert in there and gotten into a place to, to where maybe you can hire some people to manage that. And then you can pick another niche or pick another expertise and, and branch out. But you want to become like an expert in one area and really shine there and then um, branch out into other areas because like if you were to look me up on the internet, you will see everything about cannabis accounting. But if I was bouncing around and doing all this stuff and you see, oh, she's a, a fitness, um, she's a personal trainer and then cannabis accounting and all this stuff, like who would want to come to me and ask me specifically, you know, that's how I get the Wall Street Journal asking me for an interview. And I get Bloomberg asking me for an interview because they know that I'm an expert in this area but if they came to me and they saw all this other stuff they'd be a little bit concerned like i don't know how much time she spends in cannabis because she's got all this other stuff going on um so yeah she, you want to become that expert in order to get be visible and and be able to i, I couldn't even figure out what to put on my social media <laughs> at one point because i was like oh. <laughs> you're just all over the place it makes it so much easier when you just have one thing um that you're focused on <laughs> You know, I laugh because it's, it reminds me so much, like I said, the journey that, that I was on earlier on. And and even though, like, I'm only a year into my firm, one of the things that I, I it was just so frustrating when I was trying to do a little bit of everything to where mm -hmm. I just stepped back. And I was like, you know, if even if I really thought about it, like when I looked at the clients that were coming to me, I'm like, they're restaurants and service-based businesses. Those were the two that were coming to me. And it's just like, well, I can do this. I can do this. And it's just like, it wasn't until I said, like you said, like, you know, no, I'm not doing all that. These are, I do restaurants and service-based business. Yes. I may pick up a client outside of that, but I don't focus on that. And it became so much more peaceful. So I always laugh when, when I heard you telling that story, cause I'm like, yeah, I remember living that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it'll be so much easier. Trust me. <laughs> Awesome. So now if people are interested in the, the programs that you offer, um, like I said, you're, you're, you're helping accounting firm really break into, like I said, this dynamic and very young industry where, like you said, they're getting in pretty much ground level as the rules are being formed. They're part of that process. And so how can people find your programs or how can they get in touch with uh, and get involved with your programs? Yeah, so absolutely. You can just visit um, nacatpros.org. So it's N-A-C-A-T-P-R-O-S 
www.thepeacekeepers.org. Um, and everything is there. Uh, we have live presentations every two weeks. So I actually, before this interview, I just got off the, the call with an insurance provider. All of the presentations are recorded. So you can go back and look at our historical presentations. We've spoken with law firms about legal entity structures for your cannabis businesses. We've spoken with bankers about how to get approved for banking. We spoke with uh, insurance providers to understand risk management when it comes to cannabis in providers. And I'm not sure when this interview will go up, but um, March 23rd of this month, which is two weeks from, from today, we're going to be speaking directly with the IRS. And so you can get your questions answered about 471C, which is a hot topic when it comes to cannabis. You can get your questions answered about the audit guide that's going to be coming out from the examiner's from the IRS examiners <laughs> so that you can understand how your client will be audited if they um, you know, fall within an examination, which is huge. Um, so yeah, so just vi visit nacatpros.org and get dialed into our professional discussions with all these industry professionals. Awesome, awesome. I love it, I love it. Well, before we wrap up, Naomi, one um, question that I like to ask every guest that comes on, um, and, and like I said, you've given us a ton of insight, but one question I like to ask is, based on you know your background and based on the things that you've kind of learned in your journey, what's two pieces of advice that you would share with other business owners? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I've kind of touched on them um, throughout this presentation, but number one, marketing. Get your marketing engine down and understand the, the value of social media marketing. Like LinkedIn marketing is a gold mine. And, you know, other social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, depending on where your audience is, understand that and you, you will always have a pool of potential clients, potential people you can work with. Because I went from, um, this is actually my second business when it comes to cannabis accounting training. And so my other business I ended, I, I sold my position. Um, I was down for a couple of months with just from to zero income. And then I launched the next business. And within the first couple of weeks, I was back to a six figure business because I understood the power of marketing. I understood how to, you know, jump into my, okay, now I need to start this up. Let me jump into LinkedIn, message a bunch of people, tell them what I have going on. And I was able to start getting members and clients through that almost immediately. So marketing is the first thing, understand marketing um, and, and invest in marketing because as accountants, that's like the last thing that we, we want to think about is marketing, but it, it will help you be able to keep food on the table at no matter what's happening. And then the second piece of advice is mindset work and just do mindset training. And it's really hard for you to realize the areas that you're stuck in and the areas that are holding you back unless you actually do the work and then realize what's holding you back. Because I can tell you all day long, like, oh, I don't have that problem. Oh. But <laughs> once you start doing the mindset work, you'll realize, oh man, you know, I've been stuck in this cycle or I had this belief, this limiting belief or this, um, uh, this, I had all these things going on. And that is the reason why I'm not um, progressing. Like in simple things, like not people not wanting to invest in their business or, or seeing the value in investing in a marketing company or a PR firm or an attorney or whatever it might be. If you don't see the value 
of investing in that to grow your business, who's going to see the value of investing in your accounting firm to help you grow their business? So different things like that, like people don't think about, you know, how the way that I'm acting, how that might um, prohibit other people from seeing me as an expert or seeing me as a professional or wanting to, to invest in me. No, I think that that is amazing. And Naomi, I want to say thank you so much for coming to the Business Talk Library and for joining us on the show, Finance and Accounting, where we talk about topics like this, because I think that there are a lot of people, especially in the accounting and finance industry, that want to start their own firm. They have no idea where to start. And for many people, they've been looking at the cannabis industry and they just weren't quite sure how to get started. So I definitely think, you know, your programs are great. So thank you so much for telling us about it. And thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And if, you know, questions come up, just let me know and I'll, I'll feel free or reach out to me at NACAPPros.org or Naomi at NACAPPros.org. And um, I can answer any of your questions as it relates to cannabis accounting. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Finance and Accounting Show. If you like what you heard, don't be selfish. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and then share this with a friend because you know a business owner that could definitely use this insight. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, and turn on the notification bell so you get all the updates when we release a new episode.